welcome to The Spoken Nerd, the podcast about database technology. I'm your host, Connor McDonald, and in this episode, we continue chatting to one of our Oracle interns, Layla Massey. Being a young woman in IT, I thought it worthwhile to talk about the challenges women face in IT, whether sexism and misogynistic behavior is still present in the workplace, even at college level, and then we'll talk about the role of social media and personal branding in terms of getting ahead in the IT workplace. Please enjoy this episode with Layla Massey. And I think one of the things that probably helps us have an ethical approach in in the world of IT is the increasing diversity. And I know that, for example, IT has so long been just a male-dominated, in particular, a white male-dominated industry. I have little wonder that had ethical challenges given that you've got this particular demographic making decisions that obviously could have a a world impact. I'm thrilled that over my course of my career, the the people I work with are no longer just white males, much like myself. We have a lot more women in IT, etc. Obviously, you're now a woman in IT and therefore representative of hopefully a changing landscape. I ran a panel back in India with some speakers, some Oracle speakers, a couple of years ago where we spoke about the challenges for women in IT and some of the women on that panel were saying that, yes, while they've been successful, they're still getting plenty of pushback, plenty of sexism in the workplace. Has that extended to college? Like, what's, what's, the, what's the distribution of, of people in terms of diversity and gender in your college units? And are you, have you ever seen any kind of thing like, oh, you're a female, therefore, you know, you're probably not, this, maybe this isn't for you. Is, is there any, is, is that, has that gone forever in college or is it still floating around? You know, it's funny. It's still alive and well, sadly. It's not funny, but it's funny because I didn't start off software engineering. I started off business administration degree. And I remember I got recommended to switch my degree to software engineering. But funny because it's my, it was my accounting, financial accounting professor. I had gotten an A in her class. No, her. I got an A in her class, her financial accounting class, and at the end of the semester, she had mentioned, Layla, you have completely just, like, excelled. Just, you know, it it almost seemed like it was easy, too easy for you. Have you considered computer science, software engineering? Because, honestly, let's be real, she was like, let's be real, the ceiling. She, like, went over, she was so real with me, because she herself was an accountant, CPA. She, like, laid it all out for me, more so, obviously, than any other male professor has had ever. And I was like, wow. And she was like, well, note, there will be significantly less women in these classes. And she was right. In every single class, I've been probably one of three or four women, maybe. And that's out of a class size of how much? Usually, as I've been going for my degree, and now that I'm in taking third year classes, they're getting smaller. Mm because of it, I I guess the topics, you know, are getting more and more kind of niche within the software engineering bachelors. So the class sizes are about 20, like all my class sizes for this next semester, about 22, 26. And last semester they were the same. And I was about the third or fourth girl in each. So still looking at 10, 15%. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of the professors are men. I, I have not had one female professor in software, my software engineering bachelor's since switching from business, sadly. This is an awkward question to ask is, have you been treated differently by these professors? Or? Oh yeah, 100%, 100%, no brain, like that is a no brainer like answer for me. I, in my PC hardware class, 
I actually had a, a situation where I had to reach out to my computer science department chair, which thankfully is a woman, because there was a lot, there's some sexism in my PC hardware class, as well as, as well as my database programming class, almost blanked on that as well. My, um, my professor was a bit sexist as well in that class. And so it's, it's each semester, there's usually one class where one, one of the professors or a male student will be rude in some capacity. And obviously if it's not anything extremely, you know, boundary crossing, you just have to just let it roll off your shoulder because it is just not worth, you don't want to go on the radar and a negative aspects. You know what I mean? Only if it's- You don't want to target on your back. <laughs> exactly. Only if it's like genuinely worth it is what I've, I've realized. Um, but that even in itself to have that mentality is so shitty, I, I think. I agree. Yeah. It's like, you shouldn't ever have to be in a situation where you go, oh, I'll just have to roll with the punches. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ideally going, I want to punch back. Honestly. And I did in my, uh, I'll, I'll keep it real short. In my PC hardware class, my professor was very misogynistic in, in this class it was very small. I think like 16 students and there was only like three girls in it. And I, I think I was late one day, five minutes late. Professor was so rude to me about it. Then a male student comes in 15, 20 minutes later, late, doesn't say a word. And of course, I'm making mental note of all of these small things. And this isn't the first time that it happened. And I get on my cell phone during the class while he's lecturing. And he stops the entire class to call me out. And, and I'm like, I'm apologetic. And, you know, we'll, we'll, move, we'll move forward from that. That's fine. I'm not going to be on my phone. But lo and behold, what happens a little bit later? I think it's maybe the next class or the same class, I can't recall. A male student is on his phone and nothing is said. I guess where it came to a head, one class, I guess I got on my phone again, professor called me out. I think I had mentioned something like, you know, why would you call me out and not this, you know, the student over here? I think that male student actually told me to shut the F up oh, in the class in front of everybody. I'm not, I think I know he did because I remember looking at the professor and asking him, is this how you're going to let a student talk to me in the class? And uh, I, that's when I had to approach the, or reach out to the computer science department chair. It was in the last two weeks of that class and the computer science department chair, uh, she actually told me I did not have to go back. But that's what we have to deal with sometimes as women in, in the industry. Sometimes, I don't know what it is. Sometimes even, in, even college guys think that they can communicate to us like that. I think communicate is a generous word for that kind of behavior. <laughs> All I can say is I hope that one of the things that I do like about Oracle is we have a whole stack of women in very senior roles. Exactly. I haven't worked at Oracle long enough to know whether that was a policy or whether just organic or whether we just attract talented women. I honestly don't know. Right. I've worked I've worked with Oracle stuff for a long time, but actually not that long for Oracle. But all I can say is on, on a, a hopefully a word of comfort that it's a lot better than it used to be, not at Oracle in terms of the workplace. Uh, when I first started, literally the places I worked in, in Australia, computer magazines would be sent each week to you because there was no internet, anything like that. That's how companies would promote their stuff. But literally, these computer magazines talking about technological advances would have bikini girls on the cover. Oh my goodness. And and similarly, like each year, a, 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 an IT company would send you a calendar. Oh my God. And I can tell you what was in the calendar, but yeah, like, and so. Oh my God. 
and that was the norm. That literally was the norm, you know, 25, 30 wow. years ago in Australia. And so uh, similarly, people go, gee, how come there's no women in this workplace? Well, yeah, no, I, I wonder, I wonder. <laughs> They're gonna be like, hey, where's the bikini? <laughs> Speaking of punching back, speaking of uh, rather than rolling with the punches and punching back, let's talk Pilates. <laughs> I've seen you. I've seen you on various Twitter things, you know, with the guns out, basically. You know, <laughs> so obviously, you've, you've probably got a fairly strong right hook. Where, when did where did the Pilates interest come from? When did that start? Oh my God! It started my so he was my boyfriend at the time. Now my husband. His mom actually introduced me to Pilates, gosh, 2016, 2017. And it's at the same studio that I've been going, I'm, I'm, I go to now still. So I've been going to this studio in Austin religiously for years. And they're just my family. I love them. But it's Pilates is, and this is what I always try to tell people because it's not, I feel like it's not comparable to going to the gym. It's something different and it's something special. You're doing this 45 minute, and I do mat Pilates because there's there's two different kinds of Pilates. There's mat where you're like on the ground on a mat, on a yoga mat, and then there's a reformer Pilates where you're actually on a reformer machine. I've seen those. I, I walk past a Pilates place each day when I walk my dog in it and they've got the ropes and the, and the thing slides up and down. And so you know, yeah, that's, the machine explain it explain it to me like a three-year-old so give, give me a what's what's a typical pilates so typical pilates session you're and i don't want to deter people from trying pilates but you're going to get a good workout it's it's a good mindful workout so you start off doing what we call a pilates 100 and so basically you're you're doing like 100 arm beats you're you're basically your legs are up in the air you're you always keep your shoulders, your neck up, so you keep your core engaged. And a lot of Pilates is make you're doing movements that basically put all the weight, all your body weight on your core, if that makes sense. Like planks, push-ups. I can't even, I can't put to, I can't, I can't name off a lot of the exercises. I'm still learning them because I'm trying to get my instructor certification. So I'm still even learning the names of all these moves that I've that have been kicking my ass for the last few years. I'm your instructor, it's payback day. That's right. <laughs> it's, that's exactly what it is. Like I'm about to beat your ass payback. Like, cause it's, but it's not, it's not as uh, intense as the gym. It's set to like really fun music and you're constantly moving for 40 minutes. So you don't have a, I mean, you can stop, grab a drink of water, but you're always, you're going to be going to the next move. You're going to be hopping into a plank or you're going to be grabbing your weights. You're going to be, you know, your legs are going to be up at 90 degrees and you're going to be lowering, you know, bringing them back up. It's just all, it focuses on your, your breathing techniques, uh, your posture, lengthening your body. Um, like my posture has never been so wonderful because of Pilates. Like I have such a straight back. Whenever I meditate, I feel like I, my breathing is just, I, there's just so many aspects besides getting ripped. Cause obviously, I mean, I, I got some guns and I, I do lift a little bit on the side dumbbells for those. Um, but it started in Pilates because you're, it's, it's just a lot of arm core, not a lot of lower body. You do some, you do some standing stuff, but, uh, but it's very low impact, which I feel like is so underrated nowadays. Oh yeah. Everybody wants to just get a fat, heavy workout in. And I feel my back's going to be killing me when I'm, you know, when I'm 30, 40, 
given that both my knees are made of titanium, I can heartily endorse the uh, no impact. I did, yeah, yeah, 15 years of volleyball was was both rewarding and a, mis- and, and a mistake. So, <laughs> I You played volleyball? No, okay, Connor, wait. I played volleyball from um, about eight years old, nine years old to literally senior year of high school. So that's awesome. I, I started... The, the 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 tragic backstory of my volleyball, which I won't share too much of, is uh, I started playing volleyball because I was keen on a girl who played volleyball. That was when I was about thirteen, uh, and um, she stopped playing volleyball when I was fourteen, and I kept playing volleyball till I was about thirty, and then coached till I was about forty-five. So I got that's amazing, and I never and I never got the girl. But um, <laughs> but volleyball is people don't understand how special volleyball is too. Volleyball is, I just, I, I played soccer from three to like seven, eight. And then I, one day I saw someone playing volleyball. That is so cool. And so you, you, volleyball is just so fun. That's so cool. You played it for so long as well. I'm super glad as well that you're going for instructor. Cause one of the things I, I started volleyball coaching when I went to college simply because when you play for the college teams, they simply said, okay, well, once you've played for a year, you can coach one of the younger teams, like, you know, the, mm-hmm. I think you would call it a, is it a sophomore, basically the, the first year people. But one of the fun, fun things there is when you stand in front of a group of people and coach them in volleyball, I didn't even know it at the time, but it was laying the groundwork for public speaking. That's a good point. And so, you know, my, my pretty much my job now at Oracle is to, you know, one of the, one of my roles is to speak at conferences and people always say to me, how come it doesn't bother you to get up in front of a group? And I said, well, I've been doing it for 25 years now because that's what volleyball coaching was, you know, getting a bunch of strangers and basically giving them information. So, uh, yeah, I cannot endorse enough going for your Pilates instructor because it'll, it'll funnily enough, not just the work-life balance of into exercise and IT, but it'll actually set you up for a role to, you know, to present at conferences and things in, in the IT world, which is which is pretty cool. I didn't think about that. That's actually an amazing point. I sincerely haven't thought about that once. And that is something I'd love to work on over the next nine months before I go back to Oracle is presentation skills and, you know, speaking with confidence and, you know, speech class from school, you know, doesn't really, no one ever really takes, I feel like nobody takes those seriously. And, but I should have, I regret it now. One of the things I always tell anyone that, especially of my generation, that they should get involved in something that involved public speaking because you are the younger generation, but I say the younger generation is gunning for us simply because, for example, my children at school, which I think is a great thing, they all learn public speaking. Every week they do a talk in front of their class. Uh, they even do talks in front of the whole school. Wow. Most adults that I, I know of my vintage are like, they were like, I would rather walk over fire than give a talk in front of a group of people. Whereas my kids are like, yeah, like whatever. My kids, yeah, my, my, that's no problem at all. So they're like, I got a presentation today just to the whole thousand kids. Exactly. So whatever, Dad. <laughs> and I'd just be throwing up, crying. <laughs> now, I will finish. Spe- speaking of presenting and, and being out in the public role, let's talk the role of social media, because obviously uh, it's something that you've exploited to great effect, which is cool. I do notice, though, however, in terms of social media, on your Layla Codes GitHub, it says it's 54% under construction. Uh, where, where does 54% come from? Oh my God, I forgot. <laughs> See, I, I genuinely have not worked on that website since I think before my Oracle internship, seriously. I even forgot that I was... See, I was working on that before I think took off with, with Oracle in March of this year. 
So I need to actually get back and work on that. It is, it's actually, because I had 50% of it like planned out and written in Visual Studio Code. And so I was like, I should probably finish that. And I completely forgot. So, but yes, that is under construction. And I'm hoping to, what's the word? I'm hoping to just make it just super freaking cool. <laughs> Especially now that I uh, did some front end stuff with Oracle this summer. So thank you for reminding me about that, actually. I need to make a mental note about that. That's right. 54%. I was oh like, God. dear, oh dear. You know, things are, things are languishing. Things are languishing here on the site. <laughs> Just random number, 54%. I was like, I'm honestly probably more at 40, but. In terms of social media and, you know, the, the concept of, of personal branding, do it's interesting. Do they, ha, do they do anything at college nowadays? Maybe not in your course, but in any course. Is, is there any coverage of? social media, personal branding and stuff, because I think the reality is it's actually a core part of not even just IT, but almost any career nowadays. The fact that even going for a job, you can rest assured that recruiter is going to be dive bombing your LinkedIn, your Facebook, your Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. Do, is there anything at college that you know of that they actually teach about social media and branding? But besides the standard stuff we get taught, you know, it's it's all evil and, you know, be careful what you put out there. <laughs> is there any course, do you know, that, that at your college, for example, that actually talks about even the ability to leverage social media? I don't think that there there's any classes about creating a brand, social media presence, honestly, but I can't say that for 100% confidence. That would be an amazing class though, because honestly, I feel like that is one of the main things people just want to know how, what, like how you- It's almost a core skill nowadays. Yeah, now it's starting to be, which is so funny because a year ago, joining Twitter, I was like, hey, I don't think this is going to be anything serious. I'm just going to give it a shot. Eh, I don't know. And like, here I am, a year later, uh, and now every day I log in and try to interact with people and share my journey. Now it, everybody's trying to take their spot, you know, take their seat at the table almost basically with social media. I feel like that's so cool too. It's starting to become like that. It never occurred to me that it was like that. You're on Twitter. I know that when you look at all the social media platforms, they're all having sort of moderate, steady growth, except one which is TikTok, which is going absolutely bonkers. Do you think TikTok will eventually right. rule them all? Do you think that the, the future of all social media is TikTok, these bite-sized pieces of, of content? Honestly, and that's something I've been meaning to get into myself is, is making little small tips within 13, 20 seconds. And I do think that that is the, not the future of content creation, but I think that that is such a, an amazing way to put out content because people's, in, in mine in itself, my attention span is so small. I, I don't want to watch, unless it's something that I, I genuinely need to learn for what I'm doing, I don't want to watch a long video. I would much rather watch maybe a minute at the most if it's about like maybe a small tip or some sort of like, like a CSS. I definitely think that that is where content creation is heading. It's just the bite-sized information, bite-sized tips. Because people like people's attention span, like my, I don't want to watch a super long video. If I can just, you know, get this understood within 20 seconds, you know, why not? I'm just making a mental note that I can obviously now not count on Layla as being a subscriber to my YouTube channel. <laughs> oh my gosh. I will go subscribe right now. Honestly, I... I've been trying to subscribe to every single like Oracle YouTube channel. Every, I'd like follow every single Oracle Twitter, 
just like all support for the Oracle fam, always. <laughs> so in terms of uh, personal branding, social media, et cetera, one of the things I noticed you mentioned on uh, one of your blog posts was the concept of authenticity. And, and I agree 100% with that. I, Whenever I'm posting on Twitter, even if I'm being acerbic about something or critical of something, I, I want it to feel like it's me being honest. This is how, this is who I am. And if you don't like that, then that's totally understandable. However, that also means revealing a lot about yourself uh, online. And the question is, how do you find that balance of what you share and where, where you draw the line as to what you don't share? I'd imagine as a woman, that's a line that you have to tread a lot more carefully simply because, let's face it, the tech community is, is, has its fair share of, of rude tech bros who are basically going to be calling you out, not necessarily for your tech knowledge. So I, I was curious, what are your, what are your thoughts? How, what are your techniques on how you're, you're going to deal with that or, or how do you make those decisions? That's a good question. That's been something I've had to learn over the last year being active on, on Twitter. So I made my Twitter July 2021, last, obviously last year, and when I first started interacting in the community and um, trying to share my journey, just trying to get excited about my degree again, I was faced with a lot of feedback, negative feedback. Hey, are you real or are you like, are you a catfish? Like, who are you? This person just popped up in the community. And honestly, I just, I got a lot of, I got a lot of negative DMs wondering if I was legit, if I was maybe just some guy that yeah, admit, stole so. girls pic someone some girls pictures and and was tr trying to create a, a, a like a person social media personality so i realized okay maybe i need to share a little bit more about myself maybe i need to you know put some information to you know to a face besides just you know a name to a face so i that's like the biggest thing about social media and content creation is people have to believe you. People have to not just believe you, but believe you in the sense that, you know, you do work at, you know, so-and-so company, you do have XYZ experience. You're not just some person that's going on Twitter, you know, putting out, you know, this content for clout. And I feel like that's a big thing now is, you know, diversifying between the people who are just trying just to get followers and clout, which honestly is, what's the word? I feel like so obsolete. The, fo the followers are not, I mean, a great following, a huge following is awesome. But what is my, what does my network look like? Where, what connections have I made? Who have I connected with? What people, where, at what companies? And it's not even about, you know, trying to go out and make those connections. I feel like those, the best kinds will just be introduced to you genuinely without you doing anything with you know not not doing anything but kind of doing your own thing going about content creation going about sharing your journey sharing your experience you know sharing information around your experience letting people know that you are real you are legit you did spend time at here you did do this i feel like that in itself it, it takes time to learn what how much to share it's similar with um i i always try to keep my mindset of it's not the count of followers, it's the count of followers that would be there for you if you were in a time of crisis. Exactly. And, and that's a much, much smaller number. Exactly. I, I remember when COVID was, was going around, it was interesting the amount of DMs I got from people that follow me and people that I all consider good friends and from, from various countries around the world. These, these are what I call real followers. 
these are people that you know I have a relationship with. They're they're real people, and and I care for them. They care for me, and I, that's the follower count that I'm much more interested in, as opposed to the you know what, what's what's the total number. Exactly. Now, hopefully, on that uplifting note, I think we'll wrap it up here. Thank you so much for your time. One thing I will say is you did mention that you would love to walk to a beach, so. One place I can recommend, I recommend if you ever get a chance, come visit us here in Australia. 99% of the population live within five kilometers of the coast. Oh my God. That's because it's there's absolutely nothing on the middle of Australia. <laughs> Other than that geographical anomaly, yeah, obviously we all live very near the coast. So you're always welcome to come out and visit us here in Australia. I love that. Plenty of Oracle offices. I'm sure we could organize a secondment. Gorgeous, gorgeous place. I've only seen pictures and it just looks like a dream. <laughs> Throughout this podcast, I've seen pictures of your cats and dogs in the background. I can see my dog in the background giving me that look as if it's time for a walk. So <laughs> thank you very much for your time, Layla. I wish you all the best in your college studies for the next year. And I look forward to seeing you back at Oracle in the near future. Thank you so much for having me, Connor. It's been so fun to talk with you about Oracle, social media, all, all, the, all the topics. I'm, I'm grateful to have been on, been on here with you. So thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this podcast. The music credit goes to Zan Man from Pixabay Music.